Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. How are we this morning? Good. It's good to see all your faces. Can I... Uh, just ask just one one quick favor very briefly if you can stand up would you be able to stand up with me i just want to give god some more glory if that's all right <clears throat> just for a little bit let's turn our attentions on him let's let our heart come into alignment with his heart god we just thank you father lord i just pray that your presence is felt here today, God. Lord, I just pray for surprising encounters of your goodness, God. Surprise us. Take us by surprise, God, of your love. Take us by surprise by your generosity. Take us by surprise of, of your pursuit for us, God. Let us be surprised and overwhelmed by your goodness, Father. Lord, I just pray that today when we walk out of here, God, that our eyes are always fixed on you, Father. Lord, that we're not just here for an hour or two hours or anything like that. Our eyes can be fixed on you throughout the week, throughout our day. It doesn't matter the circumstances or it doesn't matter what the day looks like. It doesn't matter about our family, family situations. Our eyes can always be fixed on you. Praise you, God. Thank you, Father. Amen. <clears throat> Oh, he's good, eh? Sorry if I sound a little bit croaky or whatever, anything like that. I'm not contagious. I'm just, I'm just getting over a sinus infection, so I um, had it for about a week or something like that, and, and I've still got a little bit of uh, croakiness, so please, I apologise. And like Rachel said, our little three-year-old boy with that song... You make childcare better. He makes, he makes everything better. But how amazing is that for a three-year-old little boy to come up with, with that about God? He, about four months ago, we're trying to teach him how to pray by saying grace, give thanks before we eat. We always do. And this one time he was, he was chucking a bit of a wobbly, which is, uh, it does happen a fair bit. Uh, <laughs> And it was dinner time, and we're trying to get him, come on, sit at the table, we're going to say grace. And no, he didn't want to say grace and all that sort of stuff. And then the wobbly turned into, don't say grace without me. Well, then come sit at the table. No, I don't want to sit at the table, but don't say grace without me. Well, I'm going to say grace, whether you're here or not. And we, Rachel and I said grace, and he was on doing his little tantrum. And once he had finished, after a minute or so, he gets up and he sits at the table all frumpy and he sits there and he goes, Dear Jesus, thank you for making the darkness tremble. Amen. And then he eats his meal. <laughs> it's a good song. So you might be able to remember uh, maybe a month ago, month and a half, two months ago that I was here, I was speaking, if you were here, you might remember that I spoke on the importance of getting closer to God. And I gave the illustration of the woman at the well 
and how Jesus met this woman at the well and gave her an invitation to draw closer into him. And today I sort of want to piggyback off of that message that I gave a while ago and I want to, I want to give some, some ways on how we can get closer to God. So last time I gave the importance on why we should get closer to him. Today I want to give us just some practical ways on how to. Um, hopefully they're practical anyways. But, but I do believe that as Christians that this is a key factor in our lives. Well, it should be anyways that, that we desire to get closer to him because when, when we get closer to him, we see who we truly are. When we get closer to him, we get to see our personality, we get to see our image, we get to see what we were created for. And some of the ways we can, we can, some ways that we can tell if we're not getting closer to God or we're not walking in intimacy with him is that we lack passion. Um... We don't talk to him throughout the day. We might come on a Sunday for worship and a good message, but that's about it, and we don't, we don't fellowship with him. We don't have a conversation with him outside of that. We don't, um, we don't praise and worship him outside either. So um, going off of my last sermon, I want to I give these... Th- these three ways, well, yeah, three, I just, yeah, three ways. Um, this has been a, a, probably one of the most powerful things in my life once I got saved is pursuing closer to God. And I remember when I got saved a few years afterwards that I said that I never want to settle just for a flat line with my relationship with God. I always want to be increasing. I always want to be searching for more. I want to be going after more. So I would spend hours in the morning. I would wake up extra early. I'd set my alarm hours in advance before I had to get up early in the morning when no one else was awake. And and I'd just spend time with God throughout the day. I'd listen to, to podcasts and sermons and the audio Bible throughout the day because I, I mean I was working in a vineyard so it was I could do that but but it's just just my way of being hungry because as Bill Johnson says when it comes to the kingdom the more you eat the hungrier you get and that's what it is with God the more you seek him the more you desire to seek more of him he just makes you more hungry because you get to see more glimpses of his glory you get to see more glimpses of his provision. You get to see more glimpses of his grace. And so I would, I would spend hours and hours going after this one thing and getting closer to God. And I, I'm not saying these things to, to boast or anything like that, but I, I'm just saying it because this is where I'm going with this sermon, that I have found some ways that have worked in my life to be able to help me to draw that little bit closer and that little bit more closer every day. So, here we go. We all good? That's good. 
and just saying, I know we don't have to strive for his attention. I know we don't have to strive to get him to know who we are or anything like that. We don't have to work towards those things. But I do, I do believe that we do have to have some sort of actions in place to draw closer to him because if he sees us, if he knows that we are willing to do these actions, these steps to draw closer to him, then he knows that we are willing to go after what he has created us to be. Uh, a friend of ours, um, ben, ben Hughes from Pour It Out Ministries, puts it like this. One of the keys to receiving a touch from the Lord is to first touch him. And I think that's a great example that, that we do have a role to play. That we do have something to do to go after God. It's not that we can just go with our everyday lives and hopefully that he has our back in every situation in saying that he doesn't leave us or anything like that, but, but we do have a role to play. So my first, my first thing that I want to touch on is something that may stop us from getting closer to God. And that is settling for good. Settling just for good. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Some people may think once they have good, then they're okay, that they're all right. They have a good they have a good, a good life, a good job, a good home, a good husband, a good wife, a good children. They go to the good sporting club on the weekend and hang out, good to, have a good time with their good friends, and then in the end they become the Brady Bunch, basically. That's they have what they believe they have made it in life. And we paint this picture of what a good, good lifestyle looks like, but sometimes when we settle for the good, we miss out for the best. And I believe that the best is God. When we settle for just okay or that good relationship, we miss out for the best relationship. And we find ourselves comfortable and, and just okay with that steady flow of where we are at. But God does have the best for us. God is the best for us. And we can read in the Gospels about the disciples, how they had good jobs beforehand, before they met Jesus. They were fishermen, tax collectors, and so forth, and they would have been good at these jobs. And it wasn't until they left their good lifestyle beforehand that they found out what was actually best for them. And that best drew them closer into a closer relationship with Jesus. It drew them into that community with Jesus and drew them with an everyday lifestyle with Jesus because they went after the best. They left the good for the best. And sometimes as Christians, I feel like we need to leave the good to go for the best. So are you pursuing your best? Are you going after your best with God? 
Have you settled for the good? Are you okay with the okay? Or are you willing to go one above today? Are you willing to go one above tomorrow? Are you willing to press in that little bit more to go after that best relationship with God? Are you willing to leave the okay, the good behind and go for the more? And sometimes that might seem scary because sometimes we don't know what's on the other side. And I bet you when the disciples left their good lifestyle, their good job, that they didn't, had no idea what was on the other side for them. But we have the privilege of being able to read what was on the other side for them. But they didn't have any idea that that was going to be what was going to happen. Can you imagine leaving your job to follow after someone who you never knew or never heard of or anything like that? Can you put yourself in their position? I'm not saying that we need to leave our good jobs, our good homes or anything like that because I feel like that is necessary in our lives. But what I'm saying is we need to leave our okay relationship behind and go after the best. We need to go after the best. Todd White says that God wants the best for you because God knows that he is the best for you. We've got to be hungry to go after the best. We can't be okay with just okay. We need to really go after it. Okay, another one. And this is something that I'm really passionate about. And something that I really feel like will draw us as Christians closer to God daily. And that's reading the word. I feel like it's super important that as Christians we need to have a a desire, some sort of desperation to be reading this every day. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So it's not until that then we get to then, once we meditate on this day and night. Now that might have been the Old Testament, so let's read some Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 4, 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The devil has convinced a lot of Christians that we don't need to read the Bible daily. Now, I'm a firm believer that the devil's a jerk, personally, and, and we don't need to be listening to him, but he has convinced a lot of people that it's not necessary to read the word, that we can be okay with 
our devotion, and I, I believe that devotions can be important in our lives, and I don't have anything about our devotional lives, reading a devotional book or anything like that, but we can't just be settling for what someone has written in the book when we know that God has spoken this word in his book. I am not okay with people just reading scripture off of someone's, someone's post on Facebook and saying that's reading the Bible or on Instagram or any social media or anything like that. Why is it that I'm not why is it that some people find it easier to be on Facebook than to be reading the Bible? Why is it that some of us find it easier to read other people's thoughts before they read God's? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not here pointing fingers or anything like that because I have been in this. I have done this. I have caught myself in this. I found it easy to wake up in the morning and flick on Facebook before I've put my face in this book. <laughs> I have been that guy that's found it easier to, to just read my devotion and they give you one verse and then they write a page about that and call that my Bible reading for the day. We need to have a desire to be reading this book. Jesus says in John 10 that the sheep will know my voice. To know his voice we need to know how he speaks. And to know how he speaks, we need to know what he has spoken. Sometimes it goes a bit quiet. <laughs> to know his voice... We need to know how he speaks and to know how he speaks we need to know what he has spoken. And this book is full of everything that he has spoken is what's in this book. All the promises he's spoken about you, everything that he says about you is in this book. And how can we go and get what other people's thoughts off of a computer screen when we have God's thoughts here. In the Old Testament, we read about Israel. And if you don't know the story, they get, they get stuck in the desert or they get caught in the desert, lost in the desert, I'll say. And God provides them what they call manna, which is like a, a flaky bread substance, and he, he makes the manna appear in the morning every single day, and he gives them a quota of how much manna that they can take for the day, and it was just enough for them to get through the day. Now, they couldn't go out and collect more manna and try and keep it for the next day, because if they were to do that, then it would get smelly and it would get worms, it would go rotten. So the manna only lasted the 24 hours 
and then God would send more manna. And the manna is an illustration of God's goodness for that day, God's provision for that day. The manna was supposed to remind them that God is the provider for that day. And that's what happens when we read the word of God. We get to see his goodness every day when we read this every day. We get to see his provision every day when we read this every day. We get to see what we are created to be every day when we read this every day. So let's be people who desire to read the Word of God. Let's be people hungry to read the Word of God. And I know it can seem like it's routine or it's, it becomes a habit or anything like that, so sometimes we feel like maybe we can just miss a few days and stuff like that, but it doesn't matter if it becomes routine or it doesn't matter if it becomes a habit. In fact, that's okay. That's okay if it feels like that it's just another day of reading the Bible, but it's our posture of our hearts when we do go and read the Bible. It's our posture, it's the relationship with him, it's the reading of the word. Bill Johnson puts it this way. He says he reads he reads the Psalms until he hears his voice. And sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes we just need to keep reading, even if it feels like we're striving, just to hear his voice. Because his voice comes through these pages. His voice illustrates through these pages. And we get to be shown who we are through these pages. So let's be people who desire to read the Word of God. Now, another thing that we must be cautious of as believers, as Christians, if we are wanting to get closer to God, is sin. Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And addressing sin in church can be a bit of a touchy subject, I know that. But as Christians, as believers, we can't turn a blind eye to sin either. We can't just be okay with it. We can't be okay with it in our lives. We can't be okay with other people's lives living in sin as well. And I, I think that sin can be uh, a key factor in our knowledge or a key factor that stops us in our relationship with God. And I, I say our relationship because I know in Romans 10, in Romans 8, it says nothing separates us from the love of God. 
but sin stops us from our knowledge of his love for us. Now it's gone super quiet. We can't be sinning and have an understanding of his love for us at the same time. We can think we do, but if you really knew his love for you, you wouldn't sin against the very one who loves you. In the Garden of Eden, we can read the story in Genesis 3 of the first time that sin separates a relationship with God. Now, I don't... I don't think it was the sin that made them eat the fruit. I think it was their unbelief that made them eat the fruit and as a result, it was sin. Does that make sense? I don't think sin caused them to eat the fruit. Their unbelief caused them to eat the fruit and that was the sin. So... I believe that sin can be the result, unbelief can be the result of sin. Because when we sin, we are showing God that we don't believe what he says about us. We don't believe his promises. We don't believe what, what he's spoken about us. We don't believe what we are created to be when we sin. Because when you read in Genesis 3, that's the very thing that the devil tempted them with. Did God really say? So he tried to convince them to unbelieve, to not believe what God had spoken. But, when we repent, we can be forgiven before Jesus because his blood cleanses us. The word repentance in, in Greek means to change the way we think. In Hebrew, it means to turn the opposite direction. So if you're going towards this way, towards sin... When we repent, we are turning this way towards God. And through our repentance, that's when we are forgiven. James 4.17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So when we, when we know what we are designed to do what we are created to do and choose not to do that, then it can be called sin. When we choose to not believe what God has spoken. And that's why I think that this can be 
something that separates us from getting closer to God. I don't think sin itself can stop us from getting closer to God. I think it's the unbelief behind the sin that, gets, that stops us from getting closer to God. Because when we don't believe what he has said, then how can we be getting closer to him? Jesus' blood does, does cleanse us when we acknowledge our sin before him. And it's through that that his grace is extended. Grace is not a way to keep us in our sin. Grace is the very thing that gets us out of our sin and in, back into his presence. <clears throat> Grace removes the necessity of being perfect and replaces it with you are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth to be back in his presence. That's why he sent Jesus. That is the very one, that is the very reason why he sent Jesus to die on the cross because you are worth it. You are worth it to him to be back in a relationship with him. And that's why when we repent, he extends grace. Can I get Malcolm and the guys to come up, please? I need to soften the mood a little bit. <laughs> if we have sin in our lives, then we will struggle to know the closeness of him unless we change our minds towards him. And that's the repentance, the renewing of the mind, the, the changing the way we think. Um, we can't say that we're close to God and be sinning at the same time those two things are, are opposites we can't say that we're okay with living a life of sin and say that we're also getting closer to God every day because that is not the way it goes. It's like if you were to fall in love with someone, the perfect person, and you love, you adore them, and you love everything about them, and you're madly head over heels in love with them. You love every little, every little detail about them, and then you marry them, great life, a great relationship with them, and you have kids, and you're madly in love together, but whenever that person leaves the room, you talk hateful, despiteful things about them behind their back. That's what sin can do with our relationship.
blood of Jesus, we have sinned. And I don't want you to feel condemned or anything like that because I have walked in a life of sin. I'm not here to point fingers or anything like that because I, I pointed at myself first. There is power if we come into repentance and before God and ask for His grace and His love and His forgiveness to cleanse us and get us back into that right relationship with Him. And if you are living in a life of sin, it's not too late. never too late to draw closer. It's never too late to say no, to repent and turn from that lifestyle and go after the lifestyle of getting closer to God. God does not hold a grudge. The only thing that he holds against you is love. And it's his love that sent his son to die on the cross. today is that you feel encouraged, you feel a desire to go after him. I hope that just these few ways that I've felt like has worked in my life doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be your key factors on getting closer to Him, but my hope is that you will pursue Him, that you will draw closer to Him. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au and of course if you're ever in the area please pop in and say good day. Bye.